You are listening to Courageous Leadership, the podcast with me, Diana Osagi, the author of the book, Courageous Leadership. This is the place where inspirational leaders and everyday heroes share their inside stories of leadership. Today's episode features a guest sharing their mistakes, mishaps and triumphs. Let's dive in. Guys, am I excited? You know I'm excited. It is a Courageous Leadership podcast. We have a mistake, mishap and triumph episode the one to beat all the other. It's not a competition, but it is secretly. It's not, but it is. I'm gonna let her introduce herself and say what she does for a living. Drum roll, please. Hello. Drum roll. So I'm Jazz and I'm Jazz and Puff Up. I'm a bit like Beyonce, just Jazz is fine. And I am a fully fledged resilience ninja and I have that on my business card. So that is what I do for a living. I love it. Also, it is. The one a kid said to me, he said, Miss, you're like a resilience ninja. I'm like, I'm having that. I'm having that. So, uh, <laughs> I took it. But uh, but I do do interactive digital keynotes that blow your socks off. Mm. And I also have a, like, I suppose I'm somewhat, I, mean, I think I'm a content creator now. I've got lots of videos, courses, and yeah, coaching stuff that I do. Ooh. So that's me in a nutshell. I love it. Well, the last time children called me a ninja, it wasn't so complimentary. <laughs> it really was. They were saying that she just appears out of nowhere. When ah. you're doing bad stuff and it's just, she's like a ninja and she's just there. Yeah, that, that's a kind of backward compliment, really. <laughs> it is a backward, the head teacher ninja. Because <laughs> I just show up. Why do you always show up when I'm not being good? Because you're your I- eight. That's your. That's what you do. Yeah, it's a numbers game. It's a numbers game, love. <laughs> it's a numbers game, and you're gonna lose. <laughs> All right, let's dive in. Come on, I say this. I, at some stage in my leadership journey, built a holiday home on the land of Numpty. I visited it frequently. Making mistakes was mm-hmm. just part of the part of what I did on a daily basis whether it be email mistakes sending out emails with apostrophes just sprinkled in them nice and gently hoping some landed in the right place or whatever it was mistakes mishaps and trials were just part of the course so I asked you to think about a mistake a mishap a triumph where would you like to start can we do the mishap first? A mishap, a time yeah. where it started off okay and then it went the shape of the pair. Go on it then. It started off okay. And the reason I love this is because it's totally my bad. And at the time I blamed everyone else apart from me. Yeah. But it's totally, yeah, back, totally my bad. So I, little known to people is I used to be a photographer. I took a break from education because it's quite a hard job, really. So I was a photographer. And of course, because I am going to throw myself everything, I was a brilliant photographer and I did weddings, quite high end weddings. And I noticed as well, lots of photographers in America were like young and hip and doing great stuff. And I'm like, yeah, and I really got into that. But then when I looked at photography in Britain, it was a different vibe. So I thought, well, I won't wait. I'll just create that vibe here. So I started gathering. I, I, I actually put on, I think I put on Facebook or Twitter, who wants to meet me at Euston Pret and we'll have a chat about changing the face of UK photography. And about 30 people turned up. I could have been murdered, but I wasn't. That's not the mishap. <laughs> random. <laughs> random. <laughs> That's not people the answer ads like that are random people. <laughs> Randoms. Randoms. But I don't know. I, I have this, I seem to attract amazing people. So, so we had a chat. Anyway, this grew and grew. 
and there were like 1200 people in the group we organized a massive shoot like 150 people turned up on Brighton Beach and then another 200 people turned up for the grand shoot and I created this community we had a Facebook group and everybody was really like up for it and we're being motivated and at that time I didn't realize the influence I had I didn't realize the tendencies I had I had huge imposter syndrome the whole time, but what I seem to be able to do is, is, to, is engage people and motivate people, but I didn't really understand how or why I was doing that. It was just me being me. So I got everyone together and we're in Brighton. It's all going well, we do the shoot. And then people start ringing from the beach. We're down onto the pier and people are further down. Where are you? What time are you coming? Where is it? And then Facebook's blowing up with, where you're later. And I start getting really annoyed, like, oh, for goodness sake, you're a photographer with a camera. I mean, work it out, you know, take some pictures. What do you need me for? Because my whole thing was I'd, I'd become a leader, but I didn't, I didn't want to be a leader. I was just saying, let's do this. Let's do I will do this we. and you follow me. Yeah. We. Like, come <laughs> with me and let's all together. So anyway, I, I just had a bit of a, a meltdown. I just got really cross and, and started like just getting angry about the fact that people didn't have any agency and were waiting for me to tell them to do something. And this, this, I'm telling you this story is a mishap. This has been a thread because often what I've, no, what I've not noticed about myself is my, my strength is in bringing people together. But once they get there, I don't want to manage anyone. I, I take responsibility for the people that I squeezed out of my vagina. That's <laughs> me. No more. No more. I'm, I'm not a nurturer by nature. You know? <laughs> I'm, I'm, a, I'm a connector for crying out loud. So I, so I have to, when I, so what happened is I was my own West Enemy because I gather people and everyone's fired up like, yes, let's go jazz, let's go jazz. And then I'd be like, why are you looking at me for? Why, what why, do you why, want? Why has got to be me? And then people felt a little bit betrayed. <laughs> I so wonder why. I, I know. I you know, told me to come in. Even as I tell this story, Diane, I think, oh my gosh, why didn't you realise what was happening? But this mishap was like a, a thread and in, in, ingrained in my behaviour because I constantly got people together, got them fired up, got them motivated, and then felt the reliance would, was draining me. It's not yeah. that I can't show up. For, I can nurture people over periods of time. I have three kids, they're all still alive. But it's exhausting for me because it's not my natural talent. My natural talent is to collect and, and motivate and engage. So what I've tried to do since then is build a life where I lean into my natural talents and I don't take people on. Like I, I, when I coach people, we have a four-month journey, right? And after four months, we I'll are stopping. <laughs> If, we if it hasn't worked out by then, then you can have your money back, but I'm not your mum. You yes. So I, but I played to my strengths. And at the time, my own success was, is what sabotaged myself. So it started out great. It always started out great. And then it ended up with me literally hating myself and being angry at myself for what I've done and wanting to walk away and go away and hide. And that basically came from not knowing myself well enough to lead myself and trying to lead others and empower others before I had that in, in the right place. Oh so, my gosh, yeah. I, I'm just picturing you on Brighton Beach with, oh, with hundreds tribe. of people. <laughs> I still get emails now. And ready. I know. And you're like, what do you want? I know. <laughs> it was awful. And I was, it was awful. And for some reason, I had a blow up dinosaur, a six foot blow up dinosaur yeah, with me yeah. called Gary. And, and I was carrying it round. I think I must have taken it so people could see me and spot me. But I, I, so I couldn't. Everyone kept coming up to me, going, "What's the dinosaur?" <laughs> and Gary's like, "I wasn't. I wasn't even. I, I was at home. I was yeah. fine." And then she Gary's just like, <laughs> "Nothing to do with me." So, so it was. Yeah, that was my mishap. But it started out great, and it just went to cock. And, and I, <laughs> I, I made a very ungraceful exit. And I, I, I yeah. I think I, I drank you know, you just gin and tonic that night. And you just say, gone. <laughs> <laughs>
nobody can come into the festival. Something that's very private, as in it's just me. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm discretion is not my biggest. You know, I'm like all of us together. Let's do it. Let's do it. And 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 what's interesting is that now I'm able to. Now I've contained that part of my nature. It's it's so powerful what I can do. I have a lot of influence, and I can encourage. Mm. But at that time, it was like I was like a loose cannon. And blowing things on your side. <laughs> So if that's a mishap, my goodness, tell me about a mistake. Oh, gosh. Well, I kind of feel like you either win or you learn now. That's not now. You feel like now. Now. (laughs) Oh, my God. When I yeah, when I'm currently not not losing, it's it's fine to talk about learning rather than losing. But there are so many mistakes. There are so many mistakes. I've got a name for them. Mistake. Stack. Stack. <laughs> but I, I've become a mistake artist. You know, I oh, wow. am okay. so good at reframing after a mistake that I'm able to. T- the time between making the mistake and turning it round is so short. But oh. there, that has not always been the case. And I think my biggest mistake is directing all of my energy and all of my focus at other people so they can do well and succeed, and ignoring myself to the extent where I would literally, I mean, people talk about running themselves in the ground, into the ground. I'm talking about completely, you know, in leadership, you can either protect someone to, like liberation, liberating someone so they can go on and be their best is a subtle calibration between support and challenge. And if you support too much, you're protecting them and you kind of breed mistrust and entitlement. Like, oh, good old Diane, she'll do it. You know, we won't bother. And if you challenge too much, you kind of, create this fear and domination culture where people will do stuff but they'll do it out of compliance not out of commitment so and I think we have natural leanings towards them I think I tend to be when I'm leading myself I tend to be a bit more on the dominant side I challenge myself more than I protect myself my husband's perfected the art of protecting himself so he will (laughs) you know so we're at opposite ends of like come and join me no you come and join me and then when it comes to support because I know that I'm quite I can be dominating I lean into support but I lean into it so much that I give away the farm, I give away who I am. Right. And, and this, I, I do this in the extent where I am so invested in people doing well, that I will go to the point where I have nothing left, personally and professionally. And in the past, this has been something that has almost finished me off. It's almost finished me off. So, so there are lots of things where I would, <laughs> One thing in particular, it's just such a, it's such a poo show. It's so, it's such a bad mistake. I don't even know where to start. (laughs) So, so I was married before I was married now. I got married at 26 to a 52 year old white guy who was a vicar when I was 26. Because you do, don't you? Yeah, of course. Because I was, because I did crazy things. None of my friends really said much about it, apart from one friend, my, my closest friend, who was my best man at my proper wedding to Ed, my husband now. He was, he was the only one who said, I used to think this is insane. I don't think you should do it, Jazz. And I didn't speak to him for three months. So this, this is how unable I am to hear criticism, right? I can't take any <laughs> criticism. So, so I, I kind of blanked him off. So anyway, I got married to this guy. Funny enough, Diane, didn't work. Oh, Funny gosh. How long did it take me to realise this is not working? <laughs> About four hours. I actually wanted, during the wedding, this is a true story, during the wedding, before the wedding, we're standing there. And I, I'm standing there, and like the, because he was because the bishops there, and there's this guy there. I'm standing. The bishop. Right, oh yeah, yeah. The wish, bishop did the wedding. So there's this room of white middle class authoritarian males in the church, and me. And, and I suddenly <laughs> think, I don't want to do this. <laughs> I never. And I did it in the first place. Don't get me started on that story. It, it wasn't for love. It was for a different reason. But don't get me started. So, so I'm standing there. I think I don't want it. So I go outside. I think I'm calling it off. And I walk outside, and I change into my boots, and I'm off to go. And then 
my kids at the time I was teaching in Clacton on Sea I got married um, up north and my kids were coming there I invited my class so the coach pulled up with my kids on oh no my year one class and their parents and I couldn't and you felt obligated (laughs) well this is what I'm talking about I am so not laughing I I know I know I know The, the thing was I I had gained so much by being their teacher because it was at a time when I was becoming the full fat jazz that everyone knows now and I wasn't that I was someone who was terrified all the time and afraid and felt worthless and guilty and cheap and dirty so this class meant a lot to me like all my kids they were like my family family. I don't know I just I don't know and maybe I was just a chicken I didn't want to say to it's quite a journey they'd been a long way anyway I went ahead with the wedding, right? I shouldn't have yeah. done it. I went ahead with the wedding. It didn't work. It was awful. So during that time, I was planning my escape and I was kind of separating. It was all a bit messy. It was all a bit horrible. And uh, during that time, I could, took a job in a school and it was in a private school because I wanted an easy life. Little <laughs> 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 did I know. So uh, so I took this job in the school and this, it was just awful. It was hideous. And there was a lot of kind of toxic environment and infighting. And I constantly refused to speak up. I chose time and time again, not to challenge, not to speak up, to protect people. I I chickened out of courageous conversations, left, right and center. And I got to the point where I was, my personal life was in bits. My professional life was in bits and all of it had been done. I wanna say because I I didn't wanna, because I was trying to accommodate, but actually even as I'm telling you this, it's because I wasn't brave enough, because I wasn't brave enough. Wow. All of yeah. that. And and it's a mistake that I, I have not made since. <laughs> After kind of, it took a long time to move away from that. It's a mistake that I've not made. Not being brave enough is not a mistake that I make. And now if I make a mistake, it's that I've been too brave. But I know how to come back from that. I know how to pivot. But there was something around, you know, being the, the human, the, the human female that education said I had to be, not the human female I was created and designed to be it's that disconnect and when I lent into being the the woman the world said I should be nothing but hell nothing but misery fresh hell every day and and I I, I mean no it's interesting Dan because nobody knows I, I don't talk about having been married before it's not like you know it's not you know people get married don't they get divorced but I think part of it is having to admit that that was a time where I made a mistake and it went really wrong and there's no redeeming there's no redeeming factor in it at all. I just <laughs> totally screwed it up. And because I was, because home life was awful, work became awful. And I literally spread this disease of all over the place. Throughout like, every like area. spread of my might all over. <laughs> I did. And it's, it's that thing, isn't it? We think we can have a crap home life and then come in and just put it behind us. You're not that good an actor. If you were, you wouldn't be in leadership. You wouldn't be in leadership. Stage. You'd be so, on the Yeah, yeah, exactly. You'd be making a lot more money and you'd probably yeah. have a better place to isolate when you got COVID. I love that uh, when you yeah. say there was no redeeming feature because sometimes yeah. it's just a mistake. There's no there's no happy ever after. It's, it was just bad. It Leave was just it bad. Move yeah. on. I mean, there is a happy ever after because you go on to recalibrate and reframe. But I think at the time, what stops me from doing that now is looking back and going, do you want to go back there? Do you want to go and dig a hole and sit in it? Is that what you want? And you said it was something you said that I wrote down and I quote all the time. I have not worked this hard and fought this hard to live a mediocre life. And and that keeps me from going back to that mistake. But in all honesty, that it was a complete and utter it's mistake after mistake after mistake after mistake and that's why I'm an artist 
I you remember the architect at mistake making? <laughs> what was it? Oh gosh, Jose Mourinho called Arsene Wenger a specialist in failure. <laughs> I will leave that there, right? Because <laughs> that, at that time, Arsenal kept getting into the top four and not much else. <laughs> Yeah, he is a specialist in failure. Oh. I think I think we should have a failure CV, don't you? I'd love to see failure CVs when people apply for jobs. Like, right, here's how I messed it up. Because you could see then whether they're making the same mistake again and again, or whether oh, they're able gosh, to yes. work from it. So I want failure CVs to be part of it. When I'm in charge, when I'm ruling the world, we well, have one. <laughs> I love that. that. That is a good idea. Can you please yeah. write a personal statement of how you failed? Yeah. <gasps> Two yeah. pages, eh? Side yeah. of the four. <laughs> Two pages on a box. Three, so I can set it all, can I get it all on there. <laughs> you know? Writing on toilet roll and rolling it up again and sending it in. Exactly. <laughs> all right, it's time for the triumph. A time oh. when you smashed it. Oh my gosh. Well, fortunately, fortunately, I'm able to take ownership of several triumphs. I, I mean, barely a day goes by where I don't say, I smashed that. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's not bragging if it's true. It's true. If, you're, if yeah. you're living in the truth about yourself, then actually there's like, when we talk about wanting to lead and wanting to have impact on others, often you, we could tail that by the fact that we're, we're not, we refuse to acknowledge our own celebrations. We don't celebrate and acknowledge our own wins. Yes. We just get straight on to the next challenge. And all that's doing is setting a culture of saying, don't celebrate, just keep working. Just keep so, working. so I acknowledge little wins and big wins but I, I very every time I come off a kilo I go I smash that I smash that because I, I do every time but one time in particular I think I forest gumped my way into this and it turned <laughs> out well <laughs> I know, that was my basic way default setting forest gumping my way through life it was when so I was a literacy consultant I was a teacher early years and then really passionate about reading writing and spelling because they were my tickets out of mindset poverty not just physical poverty so very passionate about that so I went into literacy did a load of stuff traveled the world all good and I, I'm like working with Jim Rose the grandfather Brad Pitt of phonics you know I'm on his team and <laughs> So I've got this like huge thing going on. It's all good. But I just felt empty because I wasn't, I wasn't being honest. I wasn't telling the truth. You know, I was having to, I'd crafted this persona. Like I actually used to pretend I had a brother called Tarquin in an attempt to make myself more acceptable. I'm not saying that. anything. I know. I a know. brother called Tarquin? <laughs> As I, I, I was, oh, I know. Why am I telling you all this? This is on my hundred and one things. Tarquin. Tarquins of the world, you're wonderful. Tarquin, you But Jazz boy. has not got a brother called Tarquin. <laughs> I don't have one. I don't. I used to pretend, right, if I was a white middle-class male called Tarquin who went to Eton, what would I do? And then I would do that. But no, this oh was not gosh. a strategy. So I, I yeah, I, I was like, you know, massive imposter syndrome, living all the time doing that. But I was going around doing literacy and I'd meet people and say, oh my gosh, you came to my school 15 years ago. And I, I went all around the world. I worked with governments. It was all fantastic, but I didn't feel it. So I went to a talk. There's like 300 people there, 300 leaders. And I'm supposed to be talking about literacy. And I suddenly think, I wonder what would happen if I just told the truth. She's completely scary, stupid. scary, scary. The truth. Stu it's on. stupid because I spent a long time crafting a persona of acceptability. Yeah. So telling yeah. the truth is not an option. But I just, I don't know. It was just there were leaders and they were, they were there on a Wednesday night and they were talking about trying to find ways to do the highest and best for their students. And I just thought, you know what? I felt overwhelmed with that these people are unrecognized, unacknowledged. I'm dissatisfied with the fact that leaders in education, leaders mm. in general, don't, I'm, I'm not, not what I'm not going to stand here and put up with this. So I ran up to the booth and said, can I change my slides? And the guy was like, yeah, sure. So I stood up and for the first time I stopped lying and I told the truth. And I talked about 
how these leaders, because they were in education, were part of the accidental saviors that saved and changed my life. And I should be dead. And I should be in a psych ward and I should be lost in a world of sexual exploitation. And I'm not. And it's because of them. And they may never know the impact of their legacy, but showing up as their full self is making a difference. And I know because it made a difference to me. Wow. Anyway, so somebody videoed it and it went on Twitter and I trended on Twitter for the second time. First time was when I got sacked by Lord Sugar on The Apprentice. So this was much better. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then that kind of led on. I got a book deal from that. I got a TED talk. I started this international career traveling the world. And, and it was, it just, I, I smashed it without knowing I smashed it. You know why? Because I stopped pretending and I started being authentic. Everybody wants to be authentic, but nobody wants to be vulnerable and you can't do one without the other. So I embraced the truth about who I was, the truth about the impact that people had had on me. And it resonated with people feeling in themselves yeah. that they want to do something bigger than they can themselves. And it worked out it, just literally by being honest and not telling people the very thing I've been trying to hide my whole life, that I don't think I have it all together, that I, I, I don't know what I'm doing and I don't think I'm good enough. To being honest about that is what gave the very thing that gave people agency. And everything I'm doing now is down to that talk on that day. Wow. It's, it's from there. And, it, and it's all about being brave. There, there, there does come a day where you've got to make a decision about the truth, yeah. about your yeah. truth. And it's not easy. It, it's, it's a difficult, it's not easy because you write that vulnerability that comes yeah. when you allow truth to be known about yourself. Mm. Yeah. And I'm not saying I'm not saying you should go into school and go, hey, kids, I'm an alcoholic and no, I no, 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 got involved in human trafficking on the way here today. I'm not. Year one doesn't need all that information. No, no, no. That's, that's, a, bit, that's a bit too much information. It's TMI. But, but, but there, but there, there is that. that about, yeah. That, that genuineness. This, this is yes. me. This is me. Yes. Yeah, yeah. No, this is the great part of me. This is the part of me that I think, oh, okay, that could be better. This is the part of me that I don't really want to show you. But if I do, there's a greater good that might come out of this. Yes. So you've put those slides away. Here are the real slides. Yeah, here's, here's the truth. And I, I've seen, this is what I love. I've seen people do this and I've seen you do it. And what the agency people get from knowing that someone they look up to hasn't or hasn't just clicked their fingers and had Michelle, Michelle Obama arms. They've done no. the work. Oh gosh, they're doing the work. Arms, but come on. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting my bingo wings. I have been, I, I'm trying prayer. I'm praying for those arms. <laughs> Not works yet, but apparently miracles can happen. Well, uh, you know, they it's can happen if you don't eat kebabs. <laughs> oh, that's that's, yeah, I, that's I the that. thing. Kebabs that's and Haribo are oh, not brilliant for bingo oh. wings. Ah, oh, that's that's <laughs> yeah. There's all this small print in them. There's all this, there's this small print. <laughs> there is small print when it comes to bread. <laughs> But no, I, I just think if you're a leader, there's this huge pressure to get everything right all the time and to be moving on. And actually, human first leadership. We've had an industrial revolution. We've had a technological revolution. We've had a digital revolution. We need a human revolution. And that's going to come from leaders. Oh, you've just be brave enough. hit the nail on my courageous. I'm a human first, the leader second. Yes. I remember yeah. the importance of family, love, grace yeah. and compassion. Yes. And it's giving yourself permission to be a human because we oh. we take that permission away the higher up we go in leadership i've got an ma now i cannot possibly be human i've yeah. got a qh yeah. oh my goodness <laughs> you know, slice a bit of humanity off i've got a <laughs> phd right that's it for humanity don't talk to me don't talk i to am me. now a leader <laughs> <laughs>
and isn't it crazy because especially in education imagine what we try you can only give what you, you've got you can only create what you are so if we d d take our humanity away and then we're saying to our students and our kids like you know be human represent yourself embrace failure go forward but when you get to my age stop it because everyone will think you're vacuous and nobody will respect yeah, you go. i mean it's like you can't have it but pick a side you know pick yeah. a side <laughs> are you a human or are you a dalek Yes. What do you want to be? You cannot be. You can't be a hybrid. Cars only can be hybrid. Cars only. You can choose one side or the other. You know what, yeah. Jazz, Diana? We choose humanity. Yes. Heart and humanity first. Humanity first, and that comes with mistakes and mishaps. Oh and boy, does it! <laughs> Woo! I'm getting quite good at this podcasting. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're an ace. You're an ace. I quite like this now. It's working. It's working. <laughs> If people want to engage with you, engage with your content, where can they find you? Where can they make contact? Well, I'm, I'm all over the place, me. But uh, mm. if, you, if you type Jazz Apprentice into Google, you find, well, there's lots of videos of me being fired. But under that, some really good stuff. Scroll <laughs> <me. laughs> past that bit. But probably my <laughs> website is best. <laughs> all over Twitter with my name, Jazz Ampalfar. And then my website is jazzampalfar.com. And I, I genuinely, I do all my own social media answering people. So when people reach out, I love that connection because that is an act of bravery to reach out and connect. So everybody who gets in touch gets a reply. So I look forward to hearing oh, from you. Oh, there you go. What can I say? Listeners, a treat. A treat. <laughs> You've got to download this episode, soak it in. Come on. It's it's just been a pleasure. Thank you so much, Jazz, for sitting on the couch with me, the courageous couch, and sharing your mistakes, mishaps, and triumphs. Oh, it's been an honour. Thank you. You have been listening to Courageous Leadership, the podcast with me, your host, Diana Rezaghi, the author of the book, Courageous Leadership, available on Amazon now. You can reach me on LinkedIn, Twitter, or via the website, courageousleadership.co.uk. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss an episode. Until then, goodbye.